Welcome to the Raining Chumps podcast. This is episode 10, and today we're very pleased to be interviewing Alex Rakestraw. Alex writes about the intersection between fashion and the outdoor industry and contributes to many outlets, as well as running his own jacket review site called Coat Checking. John and I are going to talk with him about his background, writing process, and what it means to wear outdoor gear in an urban environment nowadays. We all have a lot of overlapping interests and are very excited to see where the conversation goes. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome, Alex. We're happy to have you on. Fellow outerwear fiend. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I can't resist emails about Gore-Tex, which is probably why I have a closet full of Gore-Tex. So do we. We're all on the recovery process. Uh, I'm not there yet. Um, so tell us how you got into clothes in the first place, Alex. Um, I hope this sounds remotely familiar to a few listeners of this show, but I had the uh, classic suburban uh, adolescence where you don't really think about clothes. It's not something that guys are really into. And then all of a sudden, just like something hits, you're just like, I want to look better. I dressed like a clown. Um, in my case, I actually had a, a girl that I was doing the whole like, you know, high school flirtations with all that tell me to my face that I dressed like a child. And I was like, I am an eighth grader. I'm not a child. I'm a big boy. And I was, of course, very wrong. But that was kind of the start of me, you know, looking at the J. Crew catalog like it was holy tablets, realizing exactly how corny that was and then discovering a thing called streetwear and realizing that I probably shouldn't dress like a Supreme lookbook in suburban Philadelphia. And then, you know, just kind of bumping my way through this big room called menswear and ending up um, in our particular corner of it. How would you, you kind of just said it there, but how would you describe how your taste has developed over time? Uh, I guess I got allergic to colors. Um, I think. <laughs> I think in the beginning, um, I was very much on the like, you know, prepster New England wave because that seemed to me like the way that a respectable young man would dress themselves uh, before realizing that there were actually a lot of older people who were telling those respectable young men how respectable young men when they were young once dressed. And I was like, maybe this isn't exactly how I want to get dressed for school every morning. But, uh, you know, I, I look back on that and I think it if nothing else was a good education and like how different materials look good together, um, how certain silhouettes are supposed to work, uh, why it's actually kind of cool to have boots as opposed to why hashtag suited and booted is the only way to hashtag dress. And, you know, like finding, finding a little bit of a critical remove, but then also, you know, not taking it too seriously either. And, you know, today I just, dressed like every other uh, bespectacled, bearded guy working in two degrees of creative industries. I own a lot of black t-shirts. I own just as many white sneakers. And uh, I don't own a French bulldog yet, but I hear they're a hot new accessory. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll cop one of those as well. You're almost there. You have the, uh, the neon green Alpha SV, move back to Brooklyn and you're all set. <laughs> I know it doesn't seem like you're allergic to color based on the stuff you post. Yeah, it, well, the jackets are, of course, only for outdoor safety. You know, if I fall off a mountain, I wouldn't want somebody to see me in a Rick Owens Dark Shadow Bomber because then they wouldn't see me. Uh, there, there are practicalities, of course, to 
to actually dressing for things that aren't just walking hey, in coffee. You need the visibility in the city too. It's it's dangerous at night. It That's is. what the uh, the Rick Owens Montclair jacket is for. It like the uh, the foil one. Mainline's clearly better for the outdoors. Yeah, I thought that was actually for abducting tourists uh, and involving them into a complicated ritual regarding sacrifices in a Scandinavian village. I buy that. I mean, you know, a lot of things happen in the Rick world. A lot of things that a lot of things we don't know about, and I wouldn't put it past them to do stuff like that. Yeah, How do they stay so healthy, so old? There's a secret somewhere. <laughs> so Rick lives or has a house by an ossuary somewhere in Italy, and like part of me is like him and Michelle Lamy are clearly like draining the youth from like the crowd. Yeah, but it's, I mean it's working though. I still want the shoes. Which ones? Uh, I had my eye on those pink geo baskets that dropped recently, just because they're they're so over the top. Like I really do like uh, the milk white dunks from a few years ago, but at the same time, it's like I don't know if you're if you're really gonna get the Rick shoes. I feel like the Rickest way to do it is just like the left turn, not to go full goth. I buy that. Interesting. I'm surprised by like how well the pink uh geo baskets ramones did recently like they're so hard to find now i think mm-hmm. what about the converse collab oh the square toes <laughs> too, too, is it too meta or not? <laughs> <laughs> no it's great man i love uh I, I love when like very serious fashion has a sense of humor um there was uh what is it there was like a i mean the crocs collab is with balenciaga is another great example of it but like I just think that there's a certain lightness with which even even luxury and high fashion can address itself that makes it very satisfying. And yeah, like after years of the meme of like, they're not Converse, uh, now actually getting one that is Converse just feels too nice. Yeah, it's really <laughs> funny. It's interesting how that's, how things have gotten more fun in the last, it feels like it's been developing slowly over time, but it's really accelerated in the last couple of years um, with the, Gorpcore becoming kind of mainstream, mm-hmm. um, and I think you know partially because of the pandemic, uh, people wanting some relief and uh, escapism through fashion. Have you been relieving yourself and escaping through fashion more since March 2020? Definitely, definitely. I, I definitely got in a little too deep as a as a coping mechanism, <laughs> but you know it worked. It worked reasonably well. Did you have any uh, first quarter pandemic uh, emergency cops? The sort of drop ship to your house to feel something nice? Um, definitely. That's kind of uh, how I got into acronym, honestly. Really? Yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. like a day, like we, we have this group chat, right? And I see a picture of Kobe wearing like P30s. I'm like, my God, what are those? Because I didn't really pay attention. Like, oh, fuck, he committed and did them. It was a, it was a dark turn. A dark turn in a dark time. But as time has gone by, it's become more fun. Yeah. I mean, geez, if anything, like, you know, I think I bought like a snow peak jacket. because I was just like, oh, this looks kind of cozy. But oh, you, you fully sent you. You went all the way into like vaccine therapy for, <laughs> for the COVID relief. I mean, you know, it fits. I feel like, you know, acronym, it's this mixture of like kind of dark, kind of fun, like meme um, and kind of, you know, dystopian. So it really, it really fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, kind of protective. <laughs> yeah. 
I went the other route. I was like, oh my god, I have to get out of the city. So I was just like browsing Visdom lookbooks the entire time. And like I ended up buying a pair of boots because I'm like, oh my god, I'm renting a cottage and I'm staying here until all of this is over. Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, everyone has their own way of the way of coping. And there's an aesthetic to their coping <laughs> mechanisms. Let's talk a little bit about your writing, Alex. Um, you know, you've had this trajectory and, you know, you've become bigger and pretty successful at this point. Um, how would you describe your trajectory? Uh, complete luck, unplanned. Uh, I would I would say just completely accidental. I'm at heart a kid who spends too much time and energy thinking about clothes. And uh, when I was in college, I started putting some of those thoughts down uh, first in my college's fashion magazine. And then, you know, later on in a blog, because Back in those halcyon days of 2015, Squarespace was popping, and if you if you had like an extra oh, hour of time, you could just start it up, and it's kind of what I did. Um, yeah, it's I don't know, man. It's it's so funny because like I look back on it, and I think that if you had asked me like in 2016 what had caused you know like any any sort of uh, good luck on my part, I could have given you like some crazy tactical like glue sniffing answer about first you got to do this, then you got to do this. But I don't know. It's just like, it's the kind of stuff you tell yourself when you're like really, really trying to make it. And I, I don't feel like I've made it at all, but I feel like I just got, you know, a few, a few people who were really, really kind to a young writer and gave me a chance to, if not try, then at least to fuck up in a very public way. And I never, I guess I never gave them the satisfaction of actually really fucking up something or either that or they just didn't tell me about it. So the rest is history. You know, sometimes it's just about not fucking up or not fucking up too hard. <laughs> what, 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 like, what motivated you to start writing in the first place? This is like going way back, I guess, but yeah, yeah we're curious. No, it's, it's a good question. Um, I, even though I'm someone who, you know, like writes and communicates for a living, I've never been that great of a talker, um, which is a fun thing to say on a podcast. Sorry, guys, uh, you're stuck with me. <laughs> seem okay so far <laughs> <laughs> yeah um I, I was just never a great talker when i was a kid i i felt like i had a lot of ideas bouncing around and the only way that i could make sense of them was to write them down on paper um, writing is communications design just like visual arts are artistic design and being able to be more deliberate about thoughts actually made my own thoughts make sense later so it was a little bit therapeutic and then I guess I just like drove that car right off a cliff and applied it to talking about clothes instead. But that was, that was what definitely got me into, into the writing world. And, you know, I, when I was in school, um, I knew, I knew that I liked communicating. I knew that I had some interests outside of that. And it was just communicating about those interests, seeing which one I felt like I wanted to do at wee hours in the morning and, you know, any, anything that really kept me energized about it and clothing happened to be that thing. So I just, Followed my nose. Yeah, so it's like I feel like you have all this to talk about, right? And you have all this to write about. Is it just like the idea of like product obsession that kind of like drives what you're into? Because it feels like for all your reviews, it's very like product centric. Yeah, I mean, you know, coat checking as as a project specifically is is very much about product details, and you know, we can talk about that more later. But I would I would say as a whole, like I like writing as a way to understand my world and. I think in, in the fashion space, like, you know, everything's constantly changing, but at the same time, the, the big sort of foundational pillars of human psychology that applies to clothing, that applies to the fashion business, you know, how do you 
how do you charge more for a thing than it costs to make? Well, it probably involves making it desirable. Like those, those sorts of central tenants, I felt like I had explored in writing and, you know, I didn't feel like I needed to keep exploring them week in, week out, year in, year out. Um, Cause frankly, you know, the, the things that don't change are more profound than the things that do, at least, at least in my experience. And for me, it was like, all right, cool. I feel like I've written some good stuff. Um, you know, it's just me talking out my ass and sure somebody will find a way to uh, make fun of everything I've ever written and they'll probably have some good points. But uh, I, I felt, I felt like I had covered the things that I really wanted to cover. And then, you know, I knew that I still liked doing it. So it was like, cool, maybe going really down the rabbit hole on products, on materials, on, you know, like the sorts of iterative changes is a good way to still exercise those writing and thinking muscles without, um, you know, feeling like I was nailing the theses to the church door every morning and trying to like write the article that would somehow fundamentally reframe our relationship with clothing. It's like, I don't know. I think, I, I think that that article gets written every day by people who are more articulate than I. And once I had made my contribution, it was on to focus on something else. No, that makes sense. Let's talk about co-checking for a little bit. So you seem to have like a really diverse range of brands that you talk about. Mm -hmm. How do you go about picking like what you write about and the specific, like which pieces you prioritize? Uh, yeah, it's, it's a really good question. Um, I just like the weird shit. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I saw the Craig Green Montclair. Yeah, that was, that was a funny one. Um, we, well, um, I was working on a project that had that specific piece pulled. So I was like wearing it around for testing and everything and just shot some photos and, you know, had a, had a lot of fun uh, putting it together. And, you know, it's, it's, it's partially the things that I feel like I really get to choose whether I'm, you know, like buying and returning or it's something from my personal closet. Um, it's also partially uh, me just doing like, you know, the products that I think the community kind of has a little bit of interest in, like, you know, I had wanted to get my hands on a Tillek Raptor MIG for a really long time. Um, I ended up getting my hands on one, but as I was like taking pictures of it, I'm like, hold on. The only reason I know about this jacket is because of someone on r slash techwear clothing. They'd probably want to hear about it here too. Um, so maybe, you know, I'll, I'll write it with this audience in mind and hopefully, you know, it convinces someone that this is a dope jacket past just what Google had told them. I'm so curious what, what, what you think the, the r slash techwear clothing audience is like <laughs> no i don't <laughs> big shout out big shout out to them yeah i mean it's a lot of it's a lot of really passionate people i'm aging myself because i remember um i was part of the whole like twc discord way back in the day shout out my man dave clardy uh shout out one eye that was uh actually the only way that i you know got introduced to this whole community was just meeting him at arcteryx boston and just like you know chopping it up a little bit about valence um we stayed close he's a great guy great Love dude really guy. great come dude. on the pod fantastic eyewear hilarious sense of humor um really really mm -hmm. good dude but you know i i haven't been super engaged for that community just because you know like work work has gotten busier as i've gotten a little bit older but um it's young too it's a young community. Yeah, they're. Yeah. I mean, they're super passionate, super engaged with the clothing, and that's like it's just exciting to to see like a subculture that's as vibrant as it is. What is your like uh, process with uh, writing the reviews? <laughs> I wish I had one. It's it's gonna sound lame, but um, I'm I'm an outdoorsy person. I really I really do like you know running and cycling and hiking and climbing and all that. So. Um, you know, half of it is like me wearing a jacket for its intended use. Um, 
sometimes that means that it's rainy outside and I'm like, oh shit, I need to write about something. I'll go for a really long walk in the rain and listen to a podcast. Um, and that might be like a rain test, but other times it's like, you know, I took a, I took like the Hagloff's uh, rock Nordic jacket with me to Colorado last year and like did some big hikes in that and just had a lot of fun getting like just battered by winds at 14,000 feet. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of good at this. Oh, cool. I guess this makes sense. Um, but yeah, it's, it's that. And then a lot of it too is just like really sitting down and trying to think about like a novel way to introduce a specific feature. Cause like, you know, the, the role of an outdoors apparel company is very close to that of an aerospace company. Like you're not a systems developer, you're a systems integrator more often. Um, like when you're making a fighter jet, it's not you making every single part. It's you taking all these diverse components made by their specialists and forming it into a specific recipe for the task uh, that's actually being created. And you, your name is the one on the, on the pot, on the product, so to speak, but you know, the technologies that went into it are often coming from somewhere else, which means, you know, in the case of outdoors clothing, there's a, a lot of different things that could go in. There's a lot of different manufacturers. It's easier to make a jacket than a jet. And, you know, with like, uh, with a Gore-Tex Pro jacket, like I could say that it's super waterproof, but like no shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it, it's having like enough experience with different Gore-Tex Pro jackets to really try to pull out the one or two specific things that I think would make it compelling. And sometimes those things are like a super sick feature. Um, you know, it might be like a specific pocket layout or if there's like, you know, there's a trend right now in, in ski jackets where they'll have like an internal pocket for your phone that has like insulation around it. And that's maybe really cool. But then other times it could be something where it's just like, I've worn dozens of Gore-Tex Pro jackets. This one has a dope fit for lanky dudes who, you know, are probably the people who are interested in this blog. Um, if you're looking for the best fitting <laughs> Gore Pro jacket, check it out. So it sounds like to me that a lot of your reviews, rather than working on multiple at a time, you really like hone down on one product and focus your attention on that. Is that like kind of your approach to writing about stuff? Yeah, it's um, it, a lot of it is just like, wanting to seek novelty in, in what I'm wearing. And, you know, it's, it's a really profound and frankly, like got my own ass way to say like, who doesn't like new clothes, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I think something that we are a very first world problem that us outerwear addicts have is just like how to choose what to wear. And it sounds oh, like no. you found a great way to choose what to wear. Yeah. It's just based on, based on what you're reviewing. I mean, that's, that's basically it. It's like, Oh, I, I have favorites. So I'll, I'll wear some jackets more often than others, but I'm like, Oh, I haven't worn this in a while. Oh, this is kind of sick. I should write about it. Um, or like, Oh, I really like that new color that they just came out with this season. I got to check out this jacket. Oh, I'm really liking it for these specific reasons. I'll write about those. Um, I, I think if I had to, if I had to sum it up in some way that sounds somewhat intelligent, I would say, uh, I just end up choosing jackets that have some kind of like exceptional feature to them. And I either discover that there is truly something interesting about that feature, or I end up learning exactly where that feature places the jacket as a whole in like this kind of pantheon of a thousand ways to organize nylon. Yeah. It's, you know, with your reviews, you kind of have a somewhat standard structure. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think what's interesting about your stuff is how detail oriented it is. And like you're describing, you can kind of pick out these little things that, that set the jacket apart. 
you know, while maintaining this, you know, this kind of similar perspective across reviews. Yeah, I I want to do that very intentionally because, um, you know, I I just assumed that someone would want to listen to me, which was probably horribly hubris of of little Alex starting a blog about jackets. But I was like, oh, I should give this some structure. So in the off chance that someone other than my mom reads this, um, that like, you know, they'll be able to pick out a part of each of these if, you know, I, I have male friends who um, will hit me up asking about like, the best parka for New York winters, or, oh, I'm going on a hiking trip, you know, which should I get? But I also want to wear it off that hiking trip, so make it look cool, please, like that kind of shit. And for me, being able to have, like, thoughts organized that way and just be like, hey, click the Gore-Tex Pro article tag and you'll see a bunch of options, and then you can compare based on that. It, it just felt like a good way to build some information hierarchy into what is really just, like, a bored man-child writing too much about Gore-Tex. How did you come up with the um, the style, substance, and value <laughs> rating system? Um, style, style, and substance felt like the two obvious places you'd go to. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it is a blog that is meant to be an urban take on outdoors adventure gear. So substance for sure, you know, you want to make sure the thing works. But honestly, if you're buying from one of the like top 10 brands in the industry, it, it will repel water. It will keep you warm. Um, and then style was the other side of it. Like, you know, I, as much as everyone is just systems integrators, there are different ways to integrate systems and some brands will pay more attention to very small details, either because they're priced to do that or because, you know, that's their aesthetic. And it was me trying to just like put a number in our, an arbitrary number, but a, a relative number compared to other jackets of like, I think this one is super stylish. And if you're the kind of person that matters for, then like, maybe it's worth the extra price and value value to me is such a tricky one because like <laughs> it really is one of uh, i don't think any of us are the objective judge of value these days well, yeah it's exactly right like one of one of my buddies always rips on me for it because he's like so a thousand dollar gore-tex down parka is a good value but a four hundred dollar shell is a b plus and i'm like yeah it, it is because if you're the kind of person who's already trying to break the bank on a big parka then like would you rather get an $800 one that is kind of dissatisfying or would you rather get the $1000 one that you know is is going to leave you happier or if you're somebody who's shopping for like you know one of 12 mid-priced uh Gore-Tex 3L shells like this one costs more than its immediately comparable uh alternative and I don't get why it does I'm sure somebody could tell me I'm wrong but like in in my own opinion, as, as the man child writing about shit, I'm like, I don't know. I, I'd rather spend 50 bucks on like, you know, what, what does 50 bucks get you in New York these days? Like a croissant, um, whatever it is, maybe like a parking ticket. You know, I think the way you approach it makes a lot of sense because, you know, value de- value is partially determined by, you know, who the buyer is, you know, and, and these jackets are, they're for certain people and, and those people are going to, you know, they're going to rate it differently. Um, occasionally I write reviews and something I, I'm really averse to doing is is giving them like numerical ratings. And I really like how you do it to the decimal. <laughs> like I've never thought about that, but I think it would make it more tolerable for me. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, I went back and forth on this so much. I mean, you know, it's uh, that whole kind of like, if you measure it, you negate it sort of thinking, whether, whether you want to call mm-hmm. it like, you know, good arting yourself out of it, out of logic or anything like that. It's just like, 
at, at some point, yes, you're reducing the you know, abstract world into a concrete thing and all the unfairness that that comes with. But like, I don't know. I think that if I'm able to talk about the fact that I like this jacket more than the other, um, if someone's skimming, which, you know, Lord knows people don't want to read my shit or at least uh, people who aren't my mom don't want to, then giving them a number that is just a quick takeaway felt like, you know, a reasonable thing to do. But, you know, honestly, like, I would be surprised if a number sways someone's decision one way or the other. I think I think for me it was more that same system of like making it make sense to myself. Uh, that's you know why why I started writing in the first place. Yeah, for me I felt like the numbers were like a great TLDR. Before I read something, I'll scroll down to the bottom. See, so he's like, oh, he likes it. I'll keep reading the entire article. Or <laughs> if you don't, I'll read it too to see why you don't like it. Yeah, if, if you read something that has like a six or something, you're just like, oh, this might be funny. <laughs> it's a meme review. Six out of ten is always a meme. Absolutely. It always is. And the best four section is good too. Thank you. Yeah. I it's always it's always funny. I have I have so much fun writing the best four because um in my mind there's just like this lovely sort of fashion archetypes world. Like, you know, there used to be the fashion week illustrations of, you know, like the the very sophisticated Parisian with a scarf that's bigger than they are tall and you know, they have like certain characteristics that just suggest like Pixar like caricature of who they are. And every time that I write the best for, I just like to imagine these little characters of like, oh, this is, you know, the, the Seattle commuter who uh, is either taking their Tesla Model Y in or, you know, they happen to be on their bike. But either either way, they spent this much money on a rain jacket they're only going to use for five seconds, like that kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it just seems like a I fun feel like world. crafting personas is something a lot of people do like I feel like it might be something that's not talked too publicly like I do it at work all the time for like new product features but I think for jackets when you look at something it's really easy to just assume it's like oh this is the type of person wearing it mm-hmm. and yeah it's always a meme <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how I feel like the how like how much how granular that stuff gets over time you know it's like now that now that Gorp has become big, there are all these, you know, all these like segments within <clears throat> within Gorp, um, you know, like geographically, what brands people are into, you know, how how people are more into the kind of fashion side of things versus the more technical side of things, you or whether they're using it for its intended use case or not. It's it's just constantly kind of dividing itself. Where would you map yourself on the Politogorp compass? Are you a top right uh, function first? Are you somewhere on the lower left where it is, it is truly style and style alone? Um, I would say lower left. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can I can only name a few mountains. Um, there was, I don't even know where it originates. Are, are maybe, you talking about the organic you... lab? Is that where it originates? I'm trying to pull it up right now. <laughs> Yeah, there was one. I think it was created by Organic Lab, and I, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure that this this uh, archetype came from a picture of me, and it was the city <laughs> tech bro. And I, you know, I get it, but I'm not I'm not in tech, so I was a little offended. <laughs> it has you down to a T, though. The uh, what is it? The clay, the knits, cardigan, the glasses, the slightly cropped pants, and the sandals killed me. It has the look, but not the not the personality. Sadly, and also like cropped pants and sandals, very underrated look. Definitely, definitely, yeah. especially Burks. 
burks and like some cropped like loose trousers great look yeah mm-hmm. there was that uh there's that brief moment where i feel like the sort of actual anime uh influences of tech wear really started to come through and i felt like i saw so many like white socks and tivas and i'm like kind of stoked on that because you know I, I love that stuff like why not but i was just like oh man like everyone's gonna be like trying to get to the tabby without just getting a tabby like <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be orbiting the world of, of actual like ninja shoes without just getting the Margella tabby boots. I feel like in tech where it's kind of become more okay to wear the tabbies, but there are all these like uh, derivative tabbies that are kind of whack that people are wearing. Like the Nikes? Yeah, the Nikes. Yeah, yeah. but there are like, I, I don't know the names, but there are other brands that, that make them that are pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. I had a friend move to New York recently and, you know, they're loving it. It's just this amazing wonderland. And they uh, posted an IG story of Reebok tabbies on a six train. They were like, WTF. And I'm just like, oh, man, like, just you wait. <laughs> just you wait till you see the Margellas. Like, you're going to flip. With the transparent heel and all that. That's my favorite boot. Yeah, those are mega. Those are so sick. I think it's like every time you walk into DSM, you're always bound to see someone wearing tabbies and you're like, damn, that's definitely not me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely not. Um, the, you know, the kind of stuff you see on the subway, um, it's just this, this pastiche of styles that often doesn't make sense. Like uh, some, something that's coming to mind for me now is I once saw someone wearing, um, speaking of Gorp, he was wearing some spider ski pants and uh balenciaga speed trainers it was a pretty strong look very high performance season so this is more of a general question and i we've kind of been talking about it in the last few minutes but like if you had to sum up what the relationship is between fashion and the outdoor industry now how would you describe it um, I would say it is inspired in both ways. Um, you know, I've, I've said this before in writing, but um, I, I think that the outdoors industry is realizing that it is sportswear by a different label. Um, it is both a very high performance version of sportswear where your nylon windbreaker is now made of a laminate material that's meant to repel water to, you know, like monsoon categories and your crew neck sweatshirt is made of fleece that happens to be a more effective insulator than the typical cotton that you would have, but it's still sportswear. And what that does is I think it gives the outdoors companies who have the ambition to really reach into that world, the creative license to do exciting things, to collaborate with Gucci, to collaborate with Jill Sander, to start pushing their own internal lines more to a place where People are making decisions based on function and fashion in equal measure. Um, but I think it's I think it's brand new for the outdoors category. And what's kind of cool to see is like, I think that, you know, maybe fashion might have been the one to push the outdoors there first. Uh, maybe it's just the outdoors uh, realizing that, you know, this was a viable way to expand, uh, to expand their product lines. But like, you see a kind of cool cross-pollination, dialogue, collaboration, whatever whatever word you want to use for it, where like certain tropes of the functional design are now brought into fashion and they get remixed and spat back out and they end up looking like quasi-functional, but they might actually be functional anyways. And like, 
it's just it's kind of exciting to look at uh, things like System A. Uh, shout out what Arcteryx is doing. Shout out Jeremy. Just kill it with that line. Like, it's cool to look at stuff like that and think that this is very close to what the outdoors industry has been doing for the past twenty years. But it's different enough and exciting enough, and the tweaks are all there to make it appealing to a fashion customer. That that kind of like you know no true Scotsman line in the sand between fashion and function. It's not even that it's irrelevant. It's just like you can still get purely functional wear, but this is functional wear for a use that also includes getting dressed and that doesn't need like, you know, a picture of a San Francisco bike commuter to sell it anymore. Just like, oh, sick. Yeah. This person who wears tabbies to DSM also gets wet in the rain. So let's give them a jacket from a brand that makes high performance jackets. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting time. It's exciting, too, because I feel like before System 8, right, it took a really specific type of person who is like into fashion to also be able to like like us, like who spent too much time looking at jackets online to cross that gap to say, I can own Lemire trousers and a Volt Gore-Tex jacket, right? I mm-hmm. think it's really great that all these fashion companies are adopting and injecting their styles with these functional textiles. And it, yeah, I think it's like, I don't have to spend as much time explaining to my friends why my $1,000 jacket is swishy and like a stupid <laughs> shade of orange. <laughs> do they do they ask you about the swish? Do you, do you show off the swish before they ask? I don't show it off. So I was, this one time I was actually just like at the office walking around in some valence pants. And someone at the office like turned around, it's like, are those Arcteryx? I'm like, okay, this is a weird question. And I'm like, yes. And she's like, are they Valens? I'm like, this is an even weirder question. She's like, yeah, my husband's pants swishes like this too. <laughs> she hit you with a Leonardo DiCaprio meme. <gasps> you will. Maybe it's just because I have AirPods in all the time and I'm a New Yorker, but I- I've never had any problems with the swish. And when I hear it, I kind of like it. Mm-hmm. I think New York's too loud for the swish. People are too jaded <laughs> That's to true. notice. Yeah, yeah, this is just myopic. Especially when me. you're at the MTA, you're definitely not noticing the swish. What do you guys do when you get on the train, though? Like, do you keep your jacket all the way up? Because this is maybe an overshare, but I get, like, I get steamed. I'm, like, full-on bird's-eye broccoli steamed if I'm still on my jacket when I'm, like, two stops in. There was. I'll never forget this one ride that I took, you know, from... Brooklyn to where I used to work on the Upper East Side and you know it was rush hour on a four train it's just the subway is just completely packed and for some reason I was wearing a monitor down and there just wasn't enough space for me to unzip it and I I came out of I came out of that train just drenched in sweat and it ruined my whole work day Uh, I I try to I try to unzip yeah try to unzip this is where the monitor phobia comes from yeah, this is where the the hate comes from. You you have monitor phobia, personal trauma. You were personally victimized. Uh, I think it's just for in the little like valence community we're in. Um, I, I strongly recommend against it and say it's too hot. <laughs> especially if you're in New York, especially if you're commuting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's like I'll go in. I used so I used to take the patrol to work. And the exact same thing happened to me. It's like, it's down, three-layer Gore-Tex with some more nylon in between. A not fun experience. So I got in the habit of wearing, like, the nose, sorry, the patrol with, like, an Adam LT underneath. And if it gets really hot, I'll just stuff the shell into my bag. Because, like, I'll bring a bag that's just empty to work for that purpose. (laughs) Horrible. Horrible. But, you know, you need an excuse to wear the Gore-Tex. Yeah, plus you get to like flex on everyone who both knows what a patrol is and doesn't own one, which I think is the reason to own one. 
only reason. <laughs> how do, how do you go about it? The transit. Um, so I, I have a patrol from like fall winter 14, which is the Thermatec one without the, uh, without the full down liner and that with like a sweater, like I'll typically wear that with like a mission workshop fleece. That's actually really reasonable, but because, um, I used to like commute from Brooklyn to 34th and 8th, I would be underground the entire time for like probably the better part of 30, 40 minutes. There were days where I would like fast walk from the Montrose L straight down onto the train without even putting my parka on. And I'd be like sitting there kind of shivering on the platform, get in the train, be reasonable. And I would only put my parka on when I got to like 14th and 8th. Like that was, that was the only way I could make it work. Cause I was going to be like freezing my ass off on the walk where I was going to be sweating in the train. I was like, all right, fine. A little bit of both. You know, people say, they say, you know, this, this whole thing about people in cities getting all crazy into outerwear and having these, you know, systems for dressing and all these different jackets is crazy, but it's complicated. It really is. <laughs> it, it, it takes some planning and some intention to, to not suffer <laughs> in all these transitions. I, I feel like we've been making the joke out of this, but it's like, I remember one of the original Valence interviews with Conroy. He talks about like the way he designs jackets and he lives in Vancouver, so he doesn't know what we're going through, but it's like not needing to shed layers going in and out of buildings is like what he, his design philosophy. So like, you know, being able to like thermoregulate wherever you go. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of the reason why I buy all these stupid jackets with like their pit zips. It's like, you need them on the subway. <laughs> Do you do you feel any shame at all about giving the good pit rip uh, in public? I, I feel like oh, I no can't shame do it around other people. I have no <laughs> shame at all, except it's like when the subway's too packed. It's like, yeah, this isn't happening today. Well, like, hear me out. I feel like now that you know Arcteryx and everything is part of the conversation, like at least nobody looks at you wrong. But I feel kind of like a movie monster, where I'm like unleashing my armpit stench onto the person next to me. <laughs> I feel like uh, I feel like the green ghost in Ghostbusters. I'm just like I'm so sorry that I'm doing this, but like here is here is the worst thing in the world specifically for you. I don't know. I don't know what's worse, the the pit zip unzip or the acronym escape zip <laughs> <laughs> in public. Uh, I think when people see that, they just assume you just broke your jacket <laughs> and maybe maybe feel bad for you. I think that's what the interops is for. So it's like you got that big zip on the back to uh, do it. Or doesn't the J1 have like the tit zips right on the chest? Right. Yeah. 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 Those are those are loud. <laughs> They're loud visually and loud uh, sonically. <laughs> are there any products that excite you right now, Alex, that you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, there's, there's a few actually. Um, I get really excited just looking at what's coming out of Korea. Um, I think that some of the South Korean brands are just doing insane stuff. Uh, East Blog is probably my favorite of them. Just like this whole idea of grabbing a very specific reference garment, like a Swedish motorcycle jacket with this like crazy distinctive front pocket, flipping all the materials inside out and then rebuilding it with like brand new touches that then get thrown on it. I don't know, man, like that just, that to me is sublime. I think it's so dope. It's probably, it's probably a little bit outside of the like lexicon of, you know, the like Valence, um, Alk Phoenix acronym, like a very sort of, uh, sleek and matte city approach to tech wear. But I think it's super dope. And I think a lot of the fits work pretty well. 
Um, I also want to shout out Meanswile from Japan. Um, they have been one of my Meanswhile. favorites forever. One of these days, I will win a Yahoo Japan auction at a reasonable price that will make me regret <laughs> it. Until those days, I will get outbid by people who actually appreciate clothing and aren't trying to like thread the needle. Um, but they do they do the dopest shit. I just love I love brands that are willing to embrace a sort of like playfulness with function and at the same time are so meticulous about the disadvantage they've created that they don't even blink at like creating the disadvantage. They're just like, oh, Harris Tweed on top of a layer that needs help repelling water. That'll work. We just have to do everything else perfectly. And then it ends up looking really dope. I just like, I think it's inspiring. Um, and then I'll shut up, but one last shout out, um, Mountain Hardware, a huge, huge fan of Mountain Hardware. I don't think they get the respect they deserve, but like their, uh, their exposure line of Gore-Tex products is just the sickest shit. And it always ends up on sale. Um, you know, not in every size, of course, but every like- size. In my in my size, which is dope, I can I can convince myself it's my size. <laughs> <laughs> but they just they just do this like super dope color blocking, and the fits the fits work out well for me. The features work out nicely. Um, if you haven't checked out Mountain Hardware in a while, check them out. They're like they they got memed a little bit for the whole like absolute zero parka. Like I saw that show up on Organic Lab, I think, um, and I was like, this is sick. Like. I'm glad people are. I'm glad people are hearing about it. Yeah, I think like what's really cool about we'll go in the order of the brands you talked about, but what's really refreshing about Eastlog is that it's affordable. Like for a new brand that's doing cool designs like this, it's like I don't have to plan. It's like oh man, I'm not paying rent next week to buy this jacket. Yeah, it's sick, and um, I just like I really appreciate people who are willing to do the homework on reference garments, but then don't get lost in that. Like there are absolute geniuses doing reproductions of things like, you know, the whole uh, Mr. Freedom, Buzz Rickson line of the world. Like that is a practice and a craft and an art that is like approaching a platonic ideal of creating a thing. I love when someone takes that same discipline and then throws it all into a blender and is like all the stitches in the same place but by the way, it's made of Pertex when it needs to be made of cotton canvas. By the way, it's a down insulator instead of a rain shell. Like, I don't know. It just it's kind of it's kind of delightful. Yeah, it's like it's cool to inject these old styles with like new technology. What wait? What are you trying to get from Meanswhile? Because I was talking to Kobe about the backpack, like that they just <laughs> like years ago, not too long. Yeah, they uh, they had some like three quarter length uh, jacket that I think had kind of like a like a black and red check pattern on it. That I thought was super dope. Um, I don't remember the season. Um, I actually just uh, I just did an interview with them for uh, IC recently, so you know I I probably should be sharper on that. But um, I remember just like glossing over everything that they did from the upcoming season. I was just like, "Fuck, this is this is incredible!" Like they're they're such craftsmen. Um, and you know you said it like it's it's affordable enough. Like it's not, it's not super out there to the point where it's priced like luxury. I think, uh, I think I'm just trying to read a little bit too far into it because, you know, even, even though I do this for, you know, a lot of my day and I spend way too much money and time on it. I just like, at, at some point I'm always like, damn, you know, I don't, I don't know if I can spend that much on one jacket. And then I end up spending it on one jacket and I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm probably happier with this. You just gotta do enough mental backflips and you can justify any jacket. <laughs> totally. That that means wild backpack. I kind of forgot about it, 
it is insane <laughs> it really is it's cool like it reminds me of like visvum but not a thousand dollars it's cool um and the modularity is crazy um i haven't handled one though for what it's worth <laughs> same I, I i can't find them in north america do they even have any stockists in new york uh i don't think they do yeah i don't think so yeah, I know. Uh, I knew Westerland had FCE for a while, and I'd like kind of got my hopes up a little bit. They were going to start pulling in more, uh, more of the sorts of like esoteric Japanese workwear, but also like technical fabric brands. I think I think that's as far as they got. Plus, like Goldwyn, of course. Which shout out, just sick shit. Yeah, they had uh, and wander for. I used to like live right next to them. They had and wander for like a season, I think, right? And then like nothing happened, which yeah. is a shame. That's like that's a, a gap that really needs to be filled in New York, uh, in my opinion. And I'm kind of surprised it hasn't. Yeah, we need like a yeah. Gorp Clubhouse in Park Slope or something. Um, <laughs> just all the all the Japanese brands that you know people on podcasts talk about. You can show up and hang out and meet your friends. It's like uh, I'm just imagining like a dog park, but for uh, outerwear bloggers. Yeah. Right next to the Park Slope Food Co-op. <laughs> A lot, of, a lot of gorp action there. <laughs> Tons, dude. Effortless, effortless gorp action. One of uh, one of my old coworkers hit me up one time. He was like, yo, um, I just dropped my kid off at preschool in Park Slope. Can you help me find a jacket? <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was the prompt. He's like, there's a lot of cool dads here with like beanies and glasses and these really cool jackets. Uh, I think I need to up my game. I, I don't, I'm pretty sure he was kidding, but it was just like, yep. Yeah. Like what a, what a city park slope is all about the, it's the it's the mix of the flex and pushing a very expensive stroller <laughs> at the same time. For sure. That's the culture. Any, any specific pieces you're looking at this season to get more granular? Uh, hmm. I mean, I like some of the, I like some of the system A stuff. Haven't pulled the trigger on anything yet. Just cause like, yeah, I moved recently. So I'm just trying to trying to keep it relatively slim. Um, there's some sick stuff upcoming from Haglofts actually that I think is really cool. Um, I think I think they do underrated work. I think that you know it's kind of like them and Arona as these two like very entrenched uh, northern European brands that do incredibly high quality uh, like functional gear, but are also kind of stylish too. Just like you know they're not they're not always the most vocal about it compared to other brands. Um, I think 66 North is underrated. I think they're super dope. Um, they do, uh, they do some things that are like just now starting to trickle into the fashion world. It's kind of cool to see what they're up to. Um, and then I guess if I, if I had to like go something super specific, I've had, a have had one of those snow peak cotton indigo, uh, like down pullovers on my list for a while. They, every now and again, I feel like they have like a crazy thousand dollar, oversized almost like smock that's just down filled probably fire resistant too and i don't know man like you know we talk about like sweating on the subways and all that stuff i know that thing would be miserable to get around in but also like it's i just feel like an explorer like you you step out of your apartment and you feel like you're gonna trudge across the north pole in it and like it's kind of yeah, track fires are a real danger <laughs> especially now <laughs> yeah Maybe you really need that maybe yeah what pieces from system a are you eyeing um i really like the doom long coat i know virgil just wore it so uh i was just about to say I, i'm sure that i'm sure that loses me like three clout points depending on who you talk to but 
I think it's sick. Um, I'm very biased towards long cut jackets because I'm a tall, lanky outerwear blogger. Um, but I also just think they're dope. And I think it's also a cool chance for brands to like kind of merge something that you think of as explicitly not outdoorsy with an outdoorsy aesthetic. And if they do it right, which I think system A is done, then it looks really dope. Um, otherwise I like the, I like the yellow pants. I saw, uh, I saw Patrick wearing the yellow pants recently and I'm just like, these things are fresh. I should have bought them. Um, but of course he was wearing the tra- the tracksuit. Yeah. With the, with the jacket. <laughs> he committed. He was arced out. Fully committed. Arced out. Yeah, a, I thought it was funny that Virgil, he was I, I guess I was surprised that he was wearing the black the black coat. I would have expected him to wear the the chalk. Well, I mean bright one. he clearly saw Dave's story and proceeded to buy the same color. <laughs> <laughs> Who influences the influencers? It's all it's all one degree of Dave. It's all very recursive. Mm-hmm. No, the system A stuff is really cool. Yeah, yeah. we're excited for. Uh, I hope they're doing fall winter, right? Yeah. Um, I, there's going to be another collection that is more fall winter. Yeah, that, that, focus, yeah, that's fast. I'm also one thing. I know it's not jackets, but uh, I love Anything. I love what Hoka does with EG every time. Um, they're dropping the leather bondis. I just think they're going to be so sick. Like, <laughs> which uh, which colorway do you like in those? Or it's like the they're different. Uh, leathers right yeah yeah they're kind of like mixed material and everything too i like uh i like the chocolate brown like those are good i don't know i'm not a leopard man (laughs) (laughs) i would need the leopard buzz cut to match and i don't know if i can commit the dennis rodman yeah (laughs) yeah like uh, i woke up one day and my friends like sent me two pictures of hokas and he's like yo i'm in line at um some local store that has like the two like the eg club he's like which ones do i get and it's the like the beige ones and then the leopards and it's like i know you're gonna buy the leopards <laughs> crazy guy it's like when all those uh, acronym prestos kept dropping i remember seeing those like you know sneaker instagrams it would be like acronym prestos which ones you cop in and it's like by asking this question you know the answer is the neons like first drop do you want the olives which are dope or do you want the sickest most iconic colorway and it's like probably that one like <laughs> acronym dudes go crazy for volt yeah they're sick yeah worst worst justification you've had for buying an expensive jacket in new york city oh my god oh, no that's a the thing the thing with justification is that i've just given up justifying <laughs> you've given up entirely i've given up i've given, I, I mean i've realized that that it's all just kind of rationalization and it just it's just so much energy is wasted in doing these mental gymnastics it's kind of more based on aesthetics for me it's like you know i have all the use cases covered like i'm not gonna delude myself into thinking (laughs) you know there's this there's this niche i need to cover um so yeah i try to think about things more aesthetically are you one in one out do you like buy a new jacket get rid of the other i try to be yeah i think you know more because of space restrictions than like wanting to protect my sanity Um, and because my wife would probably get a little upset with me more than she already is you're good just buy her some valence woman's and then you're set she can't complain if she uh, she has too much Uh, she is not impressed by women's valence she's not buying the cloud down yikes not impressed critical you see you can't even like get her in on the cut there's no first taste free for the outerwear addiction Yeah, yeah you know i don't I don't, I don't need to, to bring my wife into the addiction. Like 
I, I got. I'm. I'm in deep enough. <laughs> <laughs> I had a coworker who was like into the same stuff as me, and I'd always ask him. It's like, oh, like why don't you get your wife this and that? And he's like, man, like we only make enough for one of us to be buying these jackets. <laughs> there, there's so much truth in that, and um, me, me justifying to my girlfriend about why I need another jacket. I feel like that's always implied. It's just like. So do you want to get dinner this week? And I'm like, oh, I'm trapped. I can't. But also I need to. <laughs> yeah, there's always like that moment where it's like you just made dinner plans with your friends. And then like the Arcteric jacket hits sale. You're like, oh, shit, I'm not getting a drink tonight. Cheapest menu, item on the menu. Yeah. Not getting a drink, but because like you don't have the money and you're just trying to, you know, wade through this shame that lasts for hours on end. <laughs> Me and a me and a buddy went to the Crawford event, um, and we like got there pretty early, and uh, we both ended up copying Adams, and we're like, this is so sick, like you know, Sean, like Sean's a legend, just crazy what he's done for the New York City scene. Um, you know, I'm a huge fan of Arcteryx, so like it felt it meant a lot to get like you know the New York Arcteryx thing, um, and you know, like I love it to pieces, wear it when I can, that kind of thing. But literally, we're walking out of the store and we're like, all right, you know, Soho, Saturday, what are we going to do? Um, oh, we should go get a beer. We look at each other. We're like, bro, we need to go to Spring Bar like, we, like <laughs> or to Spring Lounge. Like, we cannot afford anything else. So we, like, pulled up to Spring Lounge, had, like, a $2 Tecate. We're just like, all right. Like, I think I think that's enough for one afternoon. <laughs> it's most certainly not a Ruby's kind of brunch day. No, it was it was a like we might brown bag it if we want something else, but like otherwise, I think we just need to take the train home. Cheap cheap beer and expensive jackets is just a timeless combination. PBR and the Alpha LT. PBR is the the most gorp beverage in my opinion. <laughs> it's the uh, it's the psi ball around jacket the. I'm not even going to try. We'll fix that in post. (laughs) Being being very vulnerable. (laughs) That's good. That's what we want. How do you like the uh, the Sean um, Adam LT? It's like, I understand he had to like boil those things to get the DWR off them so he could dye them or something like that. Yeah, I I don't know the exact process, um, but you know, it's, it's a lofted synthetic insulation. It's warm enough. Um, you know, I don't really wear it when it rains because uh, as much as I trust like the dye transfer process, it's more just me not wanting to like, you know, get a thing that I think is, is very special uh, wet if I can avoid it. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's tight. And also like, um, it's kind of cool. Cause you know, that buddy is, uh, he's just like a really good friend and you know, he's like super into the sneaker scene, super into the New York city graph scene, grew up in New York city. So like getting to bring him along to this was kind of like a cool, like, you know, shared interest sort of thing. Like, you know, me as the friend with a beard who just like goes hiking and shit. And, you know, I know you are like on a first name basis with some of these dudes. So it just felt like a little bit of like shared interests. Um, and then we, you know, we walk out and we're like, that was too much money to spend. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right how do we how do we align the rest of our lives for like the next month to to make this make sense it's a much better investment than the cheeto valence Oof! shout out to that that heiress that's been sitting on ground for like 
18 months at this point. Did someone buy and then immediately list? Is that what happened? Yep. Trying to resell, yeah. Oof. I think they had it listed at like $3,000. That was not happening. And it was an editor's pick. Poor guy. Actually, I don't really feel any sympathy nah, man. <laughs> no, no. Don't condone that. It's tough. Could, you can resell the Sean stuff. Could have put it in doggy coin instead of graffiti doggy. <laughs> All right, so I... I just remembered some one of the worst use cases, which was um, we were looking for apartments, you know, and the way that apartment searches go in New York is it's just like chaotic, turbo mode, so much anxiety. Um, and like my wife suddenly like found a place and scheduled a showing. Um, and she was like, can, can you come here now? And I was out on a walk. And I was I was wearing the acronym J forty seven T S and P thirties, <laughs> and I you know part of going to these apartments is like you kind of want to present yourself well you know to the broker and to the people living there and I don't think I was presenting myself well <laughs> for that occasion. <laughs> he does not realize the wealth you're flexing on him. Yeah, unless the broker was like dope as fuck, in which case they would have known exactly how much that cost and would have probably waived the broker's fee. No, no offense to brokers, but they tend to not be the best, the best dressers <laughs> in my experience. <laughs> Their lives are just so chaotic; they just have no energy left for for developing an aesthetic. You're you're not a suit supply in Indochino fan. Not so much. I had the I had the nicest broker when I was uh, like moving out of my last apartment. Because, you know, I mean, it's work from home. Like, I get it. It's tough. But, you know, you still want to show people the thing in person. And I was like, look, I have an hour and a half long call to take. I'm either going to take it from right outside the apartment. You're going to hear me through the door. My neighbors are going to hate it. Or you can Venmo me 10 bucks and I'm going to go to the bar around the corner and I'll just chill and take the call there. And it was like some kind of great karmic alignment because... I mean, well, one, I got to go. Obviously, it's on telling the story. It would be a, it'd be a shitty story if I was like, yeah, so I took the call from the stairwell. <laughs> but she sold it to the very first person. The person was like, this place is so great. I want to keep all the shelves up, like awesome apartment, that kind of thing. And literally, as I'm like walking back into the building, um, one of my neighbors comes by and they're just like, man, they were so nice. They were so quiet. I had to like do this important thing. Didn't didn't hear anything. I'm like, oh, (laughs) we all worked out. We all worked out. This is completely tangential, but the the way the way that brokers decide who gets the apartment is just what I've learned is that it's just completely idiosyncratic. Really? Yeah. Like like when I when we were looking for an apartment, like I would ask the broker, like, how do you decide who's gonna get it? And Semple would be like, yeah, I just like see if I like them or not. Other people, like one guy said like, you know, I, I just imagine how they would decorate the apartment. And if I think they'd do a good job, you know, I'll give it to them. That is very few of them actually go by like the objective material, <laughs> like the, you know, the credit report and the financials. Yeah, I, uh, I actually just look at their social security number and then align it with a birth chart and try to figure out exactly whether they have the right qualities for this apartment like get the fuck out i'm, I'm giving you like bank statements and you're deciding whether you think i'm a good decorator First you know, i bring it to my my horologist 
the first questions like when you were born down to the second <laughs> this has been really good yeah no we've really enjoyed talking to you and appreciate you coming on of course Thank yeah thanks for having me guys thanks a lot for listening please check out our website rainingchumps.com where we just published a review of the valence women's cloud down jacket and our instagram at raining chumps stay tuned for our next episode which will cover women's valence thanks again <laughs>